There is kids ministry. I'm not sure who they're... Are they with you this morning, Pastor Catherine? Oh, that's Renee. I think that's Renee. The lights are just coming back on. But the kids, you are dismissed. Enjoy. Thank you, worship team. Thank you for leading us in those in those anthems of describing to God who he is and reminding us of who we are in him. If you are visiting with us this morning, we want to say welcome. We're glad that you are here. Uh, we've been going through a s- series of sermons that we titled uh, The Fundamentals. Today we will conclude that series and uh, we've also been looking at the Holy Spirit for the last number of weeks. Uh, today we're going to look at the Spirit in community, what the Holy Spirit wants to do amongst us, and who we are in Him. And next week is, is of, course, of course, is Father's Day. We want to honor the, the fathers in the house. And, um, and then the week after that, we'll start our summer series. I'm not sure if there's a slide back there. Maybe, but probably not. Um, our summer series is called The Great Comeback. And we're going to look at a number of individuals throughout Scripture uh, that were where they were supposed to be, and then for whatever reason, you know, they got off on the wrong track, and they had a great comeback. And we thought, you know what, what a, what a great way to look at even as we were coming back to church and restrictions are being lifted, and I'm bel- Believing that what they're saying is that by mid-July we should not have to sign in anymore. Uh, but they're saying by mid-July I'll probably get to see your teeth. Um, those of you who got false teeth, you can pull them out now and show me. But it, it, that may not be very comfortable, right? Uh, so I have already prepared for that. I went to the dentist this week and said, you know what, clean them up because. And then I did something that I never, oh. Anybody else use charcoal toothpaste? It was on sale. And I was like, I'll try this stuff once. (laughs) Yeah, no. It's a good thing it was on sale. Uh, We're going to have a garage sale, and if you want a partly used tube of charcoal toothpaste, uh, it's yours (laughs) for a small price. Um, Yeah. for those of you who tried it, hopefully you like it. Mine didn't have enough mint in it to cover up the taste of the charcoal. I wish it had more. But as we think about what Holy Spirit wants to do in us and through us, uh, I believe that we need God's Spirit to move. Amen? We, we really can't be what God has called us to be without Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't mean weird. There will be things that we don't understand, absolutely, guaranteed, 100%. But that means that there's going to be things that, that maybe are different than what we're used to, and that's okay. It's okay. But we want to understand it. We want to be biblical. We want to understand what Scripture says about Holy Spirit and be that kind of a church, not be some, some weird church, but we want to be a Bible-based Spirit-filled, spirit-moving church. Amen? 
If you were to go back into the early life of the church around the year 53, and you were to see church life back then, they didn't have a building like we have. Church was held in whoever had the biggest house. And we need to understand that when they built houses back in those days, open concept was not a word on their lips. So whatever house, whoever had the biggest house, and I don't even know who has the biggest house in the church, haven't been able to come to your house for 16 months, but let's just assume somebody's got a big, you know, a, a really big house. And then the church would gather in there. And the church, the early church in the book of Acts didn't really, they didn't really live life in community. They gathered. But, you know, if you were somebody of importance, you were somebody of wealth, uh, you sat in the big room where chances are you heard the message well. If, if you were somebody who you, they thought was important, you got invited to, you know, maybe this is where we get the idea of the kids' table came from. Because as you got less and less important to the group, or so they thought you were less and less important, you then sat in a different room, or you sat in some other corner, and you you really weren't part of. And even when it came to communion, because their communion was not just what we've been giving you, you know, the little cracker that you got to try to, you know, get out of that cellophane wrap on top of the cup. Uh, it was nothing like that. When they had communion together, they actually had a meal. You know, we have made communion into a, a cracker, some juice, and if our juice has gone bad, it's almost becomes wine. Um, but, but we've made it into something that is really the early church didn't do. Speaking in tongues, now we have less than that today, and I don't know why, except maybe we threw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. You know, we, we had maybe some misuse, and we just said, no, 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 as opposed to understanding it. Because there's times when individuals just are praying in, in their heavenly language and their God-given language, and they pray loud. And we misinterpret them praying loud for an actual message for the church. And, and that happens more often than you know. You know, because as a pastor, when somebody is praying in tongues, and if they're loud, I'm stopping, and I'm listening, and I'm saying, okay, God, give me some understanding that this is of you, or this is for the church today. And it may be just somebody praying loud. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 14, he says, Now, brothers and sisters, if you come, sorry, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will it be for you? I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Sorry, more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in the tongue. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. Ooh, as he gets later on in, in verse 18 to 20. Stop thinking like children. You know, because we, 
we get so, and this is where Pastor Catherine, a couple weeks ago where she was preaching, and she was like, you know, we stop sometimes at the sign when the sign isn't the place to stop. It's to continue us forward. So we've, we've had these great gifts of the Spirit, but we think that that is where we stop. And they never were meant to be stopped. It was meant to say, okay, these signs are there, these gifts are there, but they're not just to stop here. They're for strengthening the church. They're for us to build up the congregation, for us to build one another up. They're not just to stop and say, well, let's all just go on in some tongues right now. It was never for that. It was for the building up of the church. So we have to consider the, the unbeliever and new people. I thank God for the inquirers that have come in. For those who have wondered, what's, what's this church all about? And those who maybe joined us on live stream for some very first times and wonder what's going on at LGF. What is this church all about? They've heard about us, but I heard they're Pentecostal. What's going on in that place? They don't even have a chandelier to swing from. Like, what goes on in those doors? But we have a responsibility so that when an unchurched person comes in, that they don't just say, well, these guys are crazy and out of their mind. That doesn't mean that they're going to be comfortable with everything that happens. And I'm not saying we water down the message of the gospel to make it comfortable. We were all uncomfortable the first time we heard the gospel. Why? Because it convicted us of our sin, didn't it? But we're not going to water down the gospel. We're going to explain the gospel. We're not going to water down the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to explain the gifts of the Spirit. Because you don't get understanding by simply watering it down. You get understanding by bringing you there and then saying, well, this is what it's supposed to be. Too many times I think we have just said, well, we don't want anybody to be uncomfortable, so well, let's just dumb it down. No, we have to bring people up. We want them to mature. We want them to grow in their faith and understanding of the things of God. So we talk about it, but let's bring you up. So when we are looking at the, at the vocal gifts more particularly, it says, is this the time for it? Ask yourself that question. Is this the time for it? You know, if we're in the middle of a Christmas uh, message, is that the time for it? If we're having, you know what, a, a newcomer Sunday, is that the time for it? Like, ask yourself those honest questions and say, is this when it fits? You know, I think that there's times when we say these vocal gifts need to be evident now and, and maybe they're better off in a different setting. And we ask ourselves those questions. Everyone has a gift. Every Christian has a gift. And God wants you to use your gifts to make the lives of others better. Every one of us are both a generalist and a specialist. Now, I went to Bible college to study theology. Am I a specialist in theology? No, but I, I probably know some things there that maybe somebody who just went for one year as, as a generalist knows. Now, Pastor Catherine is continuing on in her master's, so she'll, I'll soon sit down at her desk and say, now teach me everything, or lay down on the couch somewhere and she'll work through my brain. God bless her. 
But when we think of this, every one of us is both a generalist and a specialist. We're, we all have been given gifts, yes? And your gift is to be used in the body, to build up each other. So when we look at it, we all serve. We all encourage, we all give, we all have knowledge and wisdom. We all can pray in tongues, we all can pray for healing, and we all can witness about Jesus. Now, there are some who have the gift of serving. There are some who have the gift of encouragement. There are some who have the gift of giving, some who have the gift of knowledge, some who have the gift of wisdom. Some have the gift of tongues that need to be interpreted. Some have the gifts of healing. And some have the gifts of evangelism or being an, you know, uh, an evangelist, as Scripture would say. But we can all do those things generally. And then there's others who have been giving those specifically or, or in a different measure, so to speak. So when we look at these lists, When you're busy doing the all, when you're busy doing the all, the Spirit can enable you to do the sum. You see, when you're sitting down and not using any of the things that you can do, it's hard for Holy Spirit to say, oh, I'm going to use you in this. If you are not doing anything, I, you make it awfully hard for Holy Spirit to come and say, well, I'm going to use you now as an evangelist. You think, but I don't even want to speak to people. Well, kind of isn't going to work, is it? You know, sometimes we, we look at positions and we say, well, I want the position without the serving. I want, I want to be this without, I don't want to want to do that. You see, if, if we're not willing to serve, if we're not willing to do the things that we think all of us should be doing, how do we ever expect to be the one doing the other stuff? We have to learn how to bring our gifts and say, you know what, God, I want you to use me. The best way to find out what your gifts are is to say, what am I already using? What am I already doing as a generalist? What resonates with me? What sits with me? If you're not a public speaker, chances are God's not going to call you to do something public speaking. But if you're very diligent in checking off boxes and saying, you know what, these things have to get done, then you're probably very good at the gift of administration. You know, we have to ask ourselves those things. Always be open to glorify Jesus and to help others. That's when the Spirit prompts, prompts us versus our own prompting. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. In John 14 and 21, we need to ask yourself, who is this for? When God lays one of these gifts on your heart and you feel like it's sharing for the church, you say, who is this for? Is this for me? Is it for someone else? Is it for the group collectively? Or is it just for the leadership? Ask yourself those questions. How many of you have ever been prompted by God to give a word? Go ahead and look at him. I'm not asking you to do something right now. Yeah? You see, I believe that there's only a few of you raised your hands, but I believe that there's even more. And sometimes we say, oh, that can't be it. 
that's just got to be, I believe God want, have, has gifts that he wants us to use that we're like, that couldn't be me. I want to encourage you, if God is laying one of the gifts in your heart to be a vocal gift, to, to speak, to share something, ask yourself, God, is it uh, these questions? And uh, I want you to understand this. As your pastor, I will shepherd you in this. I, I want to teach you. I want to inst- Not that I know everything, but we're going to look at Scripture together. I say, okay, here's what Scripture says. Because we have to be accountable. We have to be accountable. As a, as a pastor, I have the responsibility to explain what is happening. To ensure that what is happening is lines up with Scripture. We're not going to have things that happen in this place that are outside of Scripture. And the moment that something goes on outside of Scripture and, and I do not correct it, well, thank God that we have a church board. Right? And I submit myself to them so that if I was to go weird, you laugh, but there's been pastors that have gone weird. You're saying, yeah, even you. Um, but as, a, as your pastor, I submit myself to the leadership of this church, to the membership of this church, to bring me back to correction. I also then submit myself to our district pastor. I have a district superintendent. He is my pastor. I submit myself to him that if I'm gone, that the, pastor, that the board can't correct me, then my district superintendent needs to come in and say, you know what? You've got to line up. Like, you've got to smarten up. And, and that's just how you get responsibility is by submission. So I submit myself to these individuals. Why? Because I want to make sure that what happens in this place is according to Scripture. So if you're going to use one of the vocal gifts, I would encourage you to not use the phrase, God told me, or thus saith the Lord at the end of it. If you have done that in the past, I want to encourage you right now to say, you know what? Thank you very much. I'm not going to do that anymore. We are much better off if we're feeling led by God to share a word. We're much better off to say, you know what, I believe that God is telling me this. Does that resonate with you? The moment that we add, I remember, oh, as a young pastor, oh my goodness, I wouldn't tell you where, but it was over that way, (laughs) north and east. Some of you know where I was, and others of you are trying to figure it out on a map. North and west, rather. And this, this individual would share these words, and I'm like, I don't think that's Jesus. And because I was the youth pastor, I, was no, I wasn't the one in charge. I just submitted myself to the senior pastor. I said, you're going to have to correct this because this is looking ugly. And he didn't. He just allowed those individuals to go on and because he would add the phrase at the end of his word that he thought God was giving him about a brand-specific product. Um, I'm like, it was. It was with Johnson's baby powder, and I like. I don't even know how that. I don't know how that got into scripture. And, and then he throws at the end, "Thus saith the Lord." I'm like, I don't think Jesus did that. Like, let's not give God credit for something that you just made up. So when we give a word that we feel like God is laying on our hearts, we're better off to say, you know what, I believe this is what God is saying. I, does, that, does that sit with you? The moment that we add, God told me, or thus saith the Lord, we leave no room to be corrected. 
Because now I can't come to you as your pastor and say, you know what, you kind of missed it. You say, no, thus saith the Lord. We, even, we think that Jesus, our, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks King James vernacular and was like, right? Like, like that's not true. We think that the only biblical language that somebody can give a message in is King James. It's like, oh my goodness. We would have done so much better when we did, you know, Shakespeare in school if we would have understood. Let's not, let's not muddy the waters. Because it needs to be proper and in order. And that's why he says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 29, he says, let two or three prophets should speak and the other should weigh carefully what is said. We should weigh it. You see, the moment that we add phrases at the end, like, thus saith the Lord, our God said, you don't have room to weigh that anymore. But when we allow it and say, you know what, I believe this is what God is saying, then you can say, yeah, I don't know. The moment that we've added such a disclaimer at the end of it, nobody else can ever weigh it. We can't say, well, that doesn't line up with Scripture because you just added a phrase there that leaves you to the place where you can't be corrected. So you'll notice, maybe you don't notice, but whenever somebody comes and asks me if they can share a word, I want it to resonate with me first. And if it hasn't or it doesn't, I'll just say, you know what, not right now or another time, or, or even a no. Because I'm weighing it out. I was like, God, is this really what you want for the church to hear? Because as your pastor, my job is, is not just to preach, but my job is to protect. And I will protect you. I, I will protect you from, from hearing things that are not God. I'm not saying that the people are off, I'm saying that I think sometimes we miss it, and we can miss it, but we need to be in the place of at least wanting to grow. You know, the first time I went skiing, you heard the story, kind of rolled down the mountain. The next time I went skiing, I didn't quite roll down all the way. And by the end of that weekend, I was actually skiing down the mountain as opposed to rolling. What, a, what an enjoyment when you actually ski, you know? You're not freezing in every part of your skin. You're not packed full of snow. It's actually fun. Same is true whenever we use spiritual gifts for God. We're going to have to learn these things. And as we're learning these things, let's, let's leave room for correction. Let's leave room for instruction. Let's leave room to say, I want to understand this. Because we don't understand everything already. So we should weigh carefully what is being said. In 1 first, in first Thessalonians 5, 19 to 22, it says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. Test them all. I almost think that we have done verse 19. We've quenched the Spirit. We don't see a lot of, we're, we're Pentecostal, but we don't see a lot of Pentecostal things anymore. And again, I think it is partly because we, 
we had some weird things. It's like, oh, I don't want that anymore. As opposed to understanding what Scripture says. And if we would actually test it, if we would actually say, you know what? I want to hear this. I, wa I want to know, God, does this line up with your word? Anytime you hear anything, if, if you feel like it's for you, write it down. Go back to your Bible and say, God, does this line up with your word? If it doesn't line up with the word of God, just throw it out. Just throw it out. You don't need to receive it just because somebody said it. You need to test it. You need to prove it according to the word of God. It needs to be done at the appropriate time. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the, in the church and speak to himself and to God. That's in 1 Corinthians 14, 28. And it says everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. You see, if God is giving you a message right now, you, you need to know this. If it was in the middle of my sermon, I'm going to ask you to be quiet. Why? Because that's not in order. That, that's not fittingly, fitting and in order. It, it's done at the right time. God, does, God is not the author of confusion. Ever feel confusion when something is being done in his name? It's not him. Because that's not who God is. My God doesn't bring you to confusion. That doesn't mean we always understand, but he doesn't bring us to confusion. We need to bring affirmation. Follow the way of love and eagerly, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. It needs to be done in love. It needs to be done in love. As your pastor, I've seen some things that I don't want to see anymore. I've been in some church meetings that I don't want to be in those anymore. In three decades of ministry, I've seen a lot of things. There's, not, in fact, nothing new anymore. All the, anything new has simply got a different label than it had 10 years ago or 20 years ago. But I want to see God move. I want to see God move in our church. I want to see Holy Spirit move in this place. Yes? I mean, we cannot, we cannot, maybe the worship team wants to come back, we cannot do what God has called us to do without Holy Spirit. We just cannot. We cannot make the impact that God would like us to make in our city and region without Holy Spirit's help. We cannot. And it's not that we're going to go weird, but I want us to understand, Holy Spirit, I want us to understand it so much that we're saying, you know, I want to learn. I want to grow. I want the Holy Spirit to move. If it's in Scripture, why don't we see it? I, I, I think it's been a long time and again, I'm not trying to seed it into somebody to say, well, you have to do it. But it's been a long time since we've heard a message in tongues with an interpretation. Right? It, it's, it hasn't been that long, though, since we've seen somebody get healed. We've had, we've had people get healed when we prayed for them. 
So there's some things we see, other things we don't see. But I don't want to ever be at the place where we're quenching any of them. I want to see God move, however that looks. Because I don't think it's... I, I, at one time, I used to think, well, you know what, you'd grow a church if you had good preaching and good music. I think I'm a, not a bad preacher. I mean, can't be that horrible. People buy my books. I'm no, just kidding. I, I didn't do that for look for applause. Honestly. But we have some, we're, we're gifted in this church. Like you hear some good sermon. We have, we're blessed with the worship team we have. And, the, and those who play on whatever team. We are honestly, we're blessed with this assembly. But I've come to figure it out that it isn't good preaching. And it isn't good singing and good music that's going to grow a church. It's the Holy Spirit. Because we, we've already got two components that we just think, well, yeah, the singing's really good there. Oh, the word's really good there. I, I don't want to be just known as a church that has good preaching and good music. I want to be known as a church where God's spirit is. And the Holy Spirit is moving. because where God's spirit is moving, where God's spirit is allowed to move, we will see growth happen. It'll, it'll be drawn. People will come. Not because of the preaching, not because of the music. They'll come because God's drawing them and wants to do something in them. You see, when, when you come because the Holy Spirit is drawing you, you'll stay far longer than the preacher will or the music team will. You'll say, I want to just be there because God is there. We need to see Holy Spirit move in us individually and collectively. Amen. I've asked the worship team just to lead us in a couple of quiet songs just to bring each one of us to that place. So if you want to, the cameras won't be on. If you want to come kneel around here, you can. If you want to be at your seat, you can. Wherever you want to be, just take a few moments before you leave today say, Holy Spirit, would you move in me again? Would you fill me afresh? Would you come and pour in my life again? You see, the great thing is, is that the Holy Spirit desires to pour His Spirit upon you and in you. Sometimes we get dry, we get thirsty, we get stagnant. But if we continue to say, Holy Spirit, would you pour in me? Would you pour your Spirit in me? And as we are as he's pouring in us, we have something to flow out of us. The streams of living water. So let's just take some moments and say, Holy Spirit, would you quench the thirsting of my soul? Would you fill those dry spaces again? But I've become more aware of, Holy Spirit, what you want me to do and how I use my gift to bring growth to God's church. So however, whatever posture you want to take this morning, you want to stand, stand, sit, sit, kneel, kneel, whatever. Let's just take some moments before you rush off. It's been good to see you. Those who joined us on live stream, we're glad that you've taken some time to be with us. But let's just focus on 